Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Well, it's been a while since our last rundown. It's been a couple of weeks. The last time that Maddie and I were together on the pod, it was to celebrate the new Canadian women's marathon record set by Natasha Wodak at the Berlin Marathon. We are back in action because it's also been a while since the last Toronto Waterfront Marathon. In fact, it's been three years. And Maddie and I are so excited to be back on the pod, and we're so excited to do a weekend marathon recap. It was just a weekend full of excitement. Racing is back in person, and uh, the excitement was just totally palpable, eh, Maddie? It was great to be back in the streets of Toronto, and we're going to cover the TCS Toronto Waterfront Marathon. We're going to cover the TCS Amsterdam Marathon, which also took place this weekend, and a couple of other little tidbits. First and foremost... Hello again, Maddie Kelly. I just saw you yesterday, but it's nice to see you as always on my Zoom screen. Hello, Kate. Yes, it has It has not even been 24 hours. I participated in Marathon Weekend this year in a much different capacity. Uh, the last time I was at a Marathon Weekend, I was on the media side. And this time I, I had a few appearances, if you can believe, which is very, very different than the position I was in three years ago. But yeah, it was great to be in the city um, for the event. Great to see how alive the city is again and how excited people were to be at an in-person race and for, you know, the event to happen so successfully. Very, very cool to be a part of. Absolutely. So as we said, it's been three years. The last time that the Toronto Waterfront Marathon was held, it was 2019, Hard to believe it was that long ago because not only has it been three years, but that was also an Olympic trials that then took another year and a half for those games to actually transpire. So we've talked about how time is fake. I feel like we're in a little bit of a vortex. That being said, it was awesome to see over 22,000 participants back on the streets of Toronto. Plus, like Maddie, I would say for I would say that number is doubled in terms of how many people were out on the streets cheering. You could tell that like the city just came alive because People were excited to be out on race course, but they were also just excited to be excited. A hundred percent. I, um, when I was, you know, walking away from the course itself, there were so many people who I ever overheard on the street, just asking questions about the event. Like I was still wearing my event jacket and I got stopped on the street by a few, just people walking me like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I I felt like in some years prior people have considered like non-runners can consider the marathon a bit of a bit of a frustration because it diverts traffic, it clogs up the city a bit. And I don't know, I I've, I've never before had strangers coming up to me asking for more information on how to get involved and so I thought that was a, a noted change. No, totally. I completely agree. And it didn't hurt that the weather was absolutely beautiful. It was like one of those most perfect like mid-October days where it was cool at the start line. But there was no rain. The sun came out in full blast by noon. It was what, like 14 or 15 by race end. I mean, it was just a stunner of a day. So what a way to celebrate the return of in-person racing. And we've got some fun results to chat through as well. So the defending champion and Canadian all-comers record holder on the women's side, Magdalene Masai, who goes by Mags, was considered 
the pretty heavy women's favorite, I would say, um, although it was also a pretty deep field. So she was joined by Jaletta Burka, who held the previous Canadian all-comers record on this course and uh, was only one second slower than what Mags ended up running in 2019. And then there were a couple of other athletes who had even faster personal bests, but just hadn't raced in Toronto before. And then on the men's side, it was a little bit more open because defending champ Philemon Rono, who also holds the Canadian all-comers record from this race in 2019, unfortunately had to pull out with an injury a few weeks ago. Still a super deep field. Maddie, I'd say that like, so for some context, Maddie and I were both sitting in the media room, kind of like following this race in real time, both in terms of the splits online and the live broadcast. And then we were both at the finish line. So we were able to sort of get like the full immersive experience. It was really a thrilling race, I would say, on both the men's and women's side. We didn't come away with any records this year, but like I think the quality of the racing and the excitement and the tactics were actually much higher than in past years. 100%. I feel like the leads were constantly changing on both the men's and women's side. And even, you know, like Candy at a point, Felix Candy, we thought was completely out of it. And then he came back. So there was, I feel like there were a lot of people who got second wins, who revived themselves, who really ran smart races and knew when to push. And that, you know, that made for really, really fun viewing. Well, it was really fun viewing, but it was also sort of, I think we were both a bit surprised. So we both had to head to the finish line around the time when the men were going through 35k. So still quite a bit of racing. But at that point, we left the media room. And like, to your point, Maddie, Felix Candy had a sizable lead that seemed pretty insurmountable at that point. And Megs Masai, defending champion, heavy favorite, also had quite a lead. And by the time we got to the finish line, that had been completely blown out of the water. So by the time everything shook out, Ethiopia's Yehunling Adane won the men's race in 207.18, not a personal best, but he made up, again, that massive lead of Candy, who ended up third. Um, Adane just had like an incredible final 5K. Kiprono Kipkamoy of Kenya was second in 208.24. So, you know, some some tighter racing on the second and third side. Um, but Adane said he just loved being in the streets of Toronto um, and awesome for him to come away with a win in his first time at this race. 100%. And it was a similar story on the women's side. Antonina Kwambai was not even really on our radar when we left the media room. And then she just had a massive final 5K to win in a PB of 223.22. Ruth Chebitok was second in 223.57 and former Canadian all-comers record holder. Gilletta Burka was third in 224.31. And Chebitok and Burka had done a lot of work earlier and were certainly on our radar, but but our women's winner was absolutely not. Well, and like we said, I think that, you know, Mags Masai had just, she hasn't raced in three years. She actually hasn't raced a marathon since this race in 2019 when she came away with that win and the record. Of course, she's had a a baby with her husband, Jake Robertson, the New Zealand athlete who we'll get to in a moment, named Jake Jr. Their baby's name is Jake Jr. And so she had just taken a little bit of time away, had come back, but had actually thrown in some really sort of dynamic surges mid to like, you know, two thirds of the way through the race. And given her strength in the past and given how good she looked, I think we both thought when we left that media room that she had a good shot at coming through for the win and didn't even end up on the podium. So you know, that's racing. And that's what we like to see. It's it's really fun to watch all of those lead changes, those cat and mouse tactics. Speaking of, on the Canadian side, the elite fields were smaller. 
But on the men's side, the race was actually quite tight. So Trevor Hoffbauer and Rory Linkletter, if you listen to our TWM preview episode that came out a couple of days ago where I interviewed both of these guys and our top two women, they had mentioned Trevor and Rory that they were planning to work together in this race. They knew that, you know, once the pacer dropped, it was far more advantageous for them to be there working together. And they sort of did that. It was weird. I wouldn't say that they were like working together as much as that they were just kind of close throughout the first half of the race. But, you know, that cat and mouse tactic was on display. Rory would put in a surge and then Trevor would put in a surge. They changed the leads multiple times in that first 30K. But ultimately, Trevor was just so strong in the like closing stages of this race. And he ended up winning in 211 flat. Again, not a personal best, but a super solid time. Um, Rory was second. He faded a bit more over that last 10K, but still ended up crossing the line for 213.32. Maddie, this guy must be tired. He has had a wild year of racing. He really has. I mean, you know, strong halves, strong fulls, like multiple within a year. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they want world championships, world championships, like a lot of people do want to stretch their season because it's a Canadian championship. Um, and so I think that's great that Rory did it. But I also think that like expecting, you know, an out of the water day for him was a lot to ask. Absolutely. And uh, he mentioned that, you know, in his post-race interview that it just has been a bit of a tiring year, but he was really, really happy to be out at a Canadian championships and, you know, won a silver medal. That was awesome. Um, coming through for third was Lee Wasselius in 216.51. In the Canadian women's race, Melindy Elmore decisively took the win. So she came away with her first Canadian marathon title crossing the line and her second fastest time ever of 225.14, not far at all off of her personal best. And Kate was telling me before recording that when Melindy crossed, she said that that was everything she had that day. And you know what? Nothing more you can ask for. So super super proud of melindy super congrats and she locked into that 224 pace and she just tried to hang there for as long as possible we were following her kilometers and they were metronomic so huge congrats to melindy our new canadian champion in second place was dana pitoreski in 230 58 and in third place sasha gaulish in 231 40 and as someone sasha and i share a coach so I have a bit of insight into her training and her goal this year was to run every Canadian championship. She's almost done it. She still has to run cross country, but the range that Sasha has exhibited in the last 12 months is wildly impressive. I actually don't even know how many medals she's going to come away with, but it's going to be a lot. And honestly, for her to run this fast at the marathon after like all the different events she has trained for and all the different things she has done is incredibly impressive and really speaks to her athleticism. So congratulations, Sasha. In the pre-race press conference, she was asked what her goals were. And she said quite explicitly, I just want to finish this race because again, to your point, she's been running so much. So Sasha, you not only finished, but you finished pretty darn fast with a Canadian bronze medal. So kudos to all of our champions, all of our runners. A couple of fun facts. One is that both our men's and women's Canadian champs um, are, they have a cool kind of cool connection. So Melindy is actually Trevor's coach. She coaches him at UBC Okanagan uh, on the cross country program. And Trevor said to me in his post-race interview that I said, okay, so like, you know, we were chatting about how he was feeling. And he's like, I'm feeling great. And now I can't wait to go race U Sport cross country. And I was like, 
oh, this is fantastic. So we're going to see Trevor back out in action very soon in a much shorter race that is not on the roads. And then it was great because when I was chatting with Melindy for her post-race interview, I said, Melindy, what is in the water in the Okanagan Valley? You know, kind of jokingly meaning that both of our Canadian champs were from that area. And it was really cute because her little son had weaseled his way around the media zone and was standing beside her and uh, ended up on the mic for a little bit saying, mommy can't give away all her secrets, <laughs> which was really cute. Anyway, that's that's a pretty neat connection. I agree. Mommy should never give away all her secrets. Some, some things should not be known. <laughs> but again, in the end, I know we focus a lot on the elites, but it was a fabulous day across the board for all of the people in Toronto and, you know, from across the country and around the world who came out to race and participate. We should make a quick note as well, Maddie, that uh, although the focus is on the marathon, there were both 5K and half marathon distances. And the half marathon had some pretty impressive results as well. On the men's side in the half marathon, Tristan Woodfine came away with a PB of 62.43, running a very strong last kilometer too. So I think there's more in the tank if Tristan has another opportunity to run this distance in the near future. And on the women's side, Brandon McDougall won in 113.35. So a big congratulations to both of those runners. Very strong performances. Tristan, a big PB and just like generally a great run. And Branna, so exciting to see, you know, someone her age taking a stab at the half and the full marathon because for the roads, Brianna's a baby. So very, very exciting to see what she will do in the near future. So Toronto hosted again a fantastic weekend of racing, but it was not the only place that there was a large scale marathon was happening. So um, the connection here right off the bat is that we, we talked about how Meg's Masai was running in the women's field in Toronto. Well, her husband, Jake, is often with her to support her at races, but he could not be there because he was running on the same day at the TCS Amsterdam Marathon. He ended up coming away with a 2.10 and change race there, um, but there were some unbelievable results on the women's side. So on the women's side, Amsterdam was billed as a showdown between Almazayana, the 2016 Olympic 10,000 meter champion, and Gonzebe de Baba the 1500 meter world record holder. This race was the marathon debut for both of these track runners. Incredibly, incredibly exciting. Gonzabe Dababa's marathon debut has been, I feel like awaited for, for centuries. It's actually been a matter of years, but I think, you know, had it not for the been for the pandemic, I think it would have come earlier. Ayana ended up stealing the show running 217.19. So she broke the course record by almost 40 seconds. And this was also the fastest women's marathon debut ever, but by such a fine margin. She was only four seconds ahead of Ilemzer Yehwala, who ran 217.23 in Hamburg earlier this year. Dababa also had an incredible run. She finished second in 218.05, which again is within a minute of the fastest debut ever. And that would have been so, like if she had won, that would have been the headline everywhere, right? Like Debaba opens up with an unbelievable 218 almost 218 flat debut except that she was overshadowed by a woman who ran almost a minute faster in her debut. I mean, it's just wild. It really is. Like even honestly, Debaba opens in 219 or 220, people still would have been like a me oh my. Like so <laughs> You know, I feel like honestly, they both could have run slower and we still would have been very impressed. So that speaks to just how good Amsterdam was on Sunday. Well, and we're seeing, you know, 
in very recent history, we've seen the women's world record go down multiple times. We've seen the women's debut go down, like fastest debut go down multiple times. In Berlin, you know, there was there were performances that were mere seconds off of the world record. It is extraordinary the depth and the rapidity with which women's global marathoning is improving. Like it's just taking leaps and bounds. And we've talked about this, Maddie, on the show before. There's, you know, a myriad reasons for this to be true, especially compared to the men's side. It's not that that's not going down as well. Like global marathoning is improving across the board. Part of it's the technology. There's lots of things that go into this. I've just got to say, you know, we talked about how uh, Mags Masai had taken some time off to have a baby. So had Ayana, by the way. She hadn't raced in three years. And so to come, you know, of course, she'd been training and was fit, clearly. But, uh, you know, it's we've said it before. It's not that long ago where if you decided to have a family or if you reached a certain age as a woman, you were pretty much considered to be done your career. And I love that women are just blowing up that very outdated assertion at this point. Well, even, you know, it's becoming so outdated that we don't even really talk about it anymore. It's just becoming a given, you know, like if you if you choose to have a baby, of course, you can come back to running. But it's it's in the past couple of years that that women were very obviously penalized for that choice. So look, look what happens when you when you give people the, the support they need to return. Of course, we never like to bring this news, but it is important to cover. There is some doping news that came out from the weekend as well. So two Kenyan athletes were recently handed provisional suspensions, including the 2021 Boston Marathon winner, Diana Kipioke. So she's been provisionally suspended for testing positive for prohibited substances and for tampering or attempting to tamper with the investigation. Kipioke tested positive for um, a metabolite of a substance which again is on the banned substance list it followed her victory at boston and um fellow countrywoman betty wilson lempis also tested positive for the same drug after her race in paris earlier last month it was initially cleared based on her explanation for the positive test but now she's also been charged with providing false information so as we've talked about before you know there's like taking the substance and then there's all the things that come around it so how do you are you lying about your whereabouts are you tampering with the investigation process are you having people lie for or try to cover for you as well so there's um all kinds of messiness that kind of comes into any time you get kind of a provisional suspension we should make note that it is provisional meaning that there's a chance for her to appeal probably a b sample will be tested this is not this has not yet come with sanctions but Unfortunately, in many of these cases, we do learn that sanctions will be handed out um, that involve either stripping of titles and medals from past performances and or um, banning someone from competing for a set number of years in the future. So stay tuned as we update that. There was anti-doping, I will say, on site, of course, at the Toronto Waterfront Marathon. I saw them and gave them a quick thank you to the CCES, the Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport, for all the good work they do. And uh, Maddie, I understand that you had a little bit of an experience with the CCS yourself this weekend. Yes, I did. So I have been added to the um, registered testing pool, which means that you must submit your whereabouts for one hour every day where you can come and be tested. I had not yet been added to this pool. Unannounced. Oh, unannounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, no one tells you. That's the whole point. So... I had not yet been added to this pool, but I'd heard all these stories about it, but I'd never personally experienced out-of-competition testing until last week. 
So I, you know, I do all the paperwork. I'm in the pool. I've got my whereabouts done, but you just kind of forget about it, right? So I love to sleep. Big sleeper. Very into it. Don't really ever get up before 7.30 if I can help it. Um, Honestly, I wake up at 7.30 and really pat myself on the back. So it was still dark out and I heard my fiance opening the door to our bedroom and saying, one second, just let me wake her up. And my first thoughts were like, someone has died or this is a horrendous prank. Like I was just like, it didn't cross my mind that it could be anything else. I honestly thought he had like a friend over for like an early morning bike ride. And I was like, if one of your friends are in our bedroom before my waking hours, I'm going to freak out. It was the CCS. <laughs> I So it was one of your friends. It was one of my friends. It was, there was a woman behind him. And because once they enter your home, they're obligated to like, you know, follow you around. That's part of the process. So there was a woman in the bedroom. And before I realized that, because it was dark, I was going like, no, why? No, 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 no. Because I hadn't yet realized that we had company. And then I also said, I'm not wearing pants <laughs> like that matters. She's about to see me without my pants on anyway. They have to watch <laughs> you give a urine sample. Anyway, I, all of this to say, I was not particularly friendly because I was so out of it when they entered the house. And then after I sort of, I got dressed, we were doing the samples. They were also taking blood, which requires you to sit down for a few minutes before they You do got it. blood taken. I got blood taken too. And I'm, I've only ever had blood taken at altitude at like a pre-Olympic altitude camp. That's unusual. No, no, no. I got blood. And I have what they call low blood pressure. So I was getting really sweaty and the woman confirmed with me. She's like, oh yeah, your blood moves like molasses. And I was like, good to know because I, I fainted on many a nurse. Anyway, that all- it Did all, you faint? No, no, no. It all went fine. You know, I felt a little woozy, but we got me a juice box and all went fine. But they did inform me. So I live on a street where there's a North and a South, but they're two, like just in Hamilton, like the ones at the top of the mountain, ones at the bottom of the mountain. I'm at the bottom of the mountain. They went to the top of the mountain first because like the order they got didn't have the details that I had provided. And so they woke up another family at 6 a.m. who were so confused. And they just kept, they kept asking, you know, because I have to be like, are you sure Madeline's not here? And they're like, yeah, we're super sure. Can you please We leave? don't know who that is. We don't know who that is. Anyway, the whole experience was funny. I will now react differently in the future because I will know it's something that ha- can happen. And uh, the, yeah, the first time it happens, it, you're just so, so caught off guard. But the officials are lovely. They're so uh, they're they're so sweet. They must see people in just all kind of states, and they're completely unfazed by it at this point. I was embarrassed because my house wasn't that clean. They certainly didn't care about that. I promise you, they've seen it all. Yeah, exactly. pants, no pants, messy, <laughs> clean. It doesn't matter. They just need to get in, get their samples, and get out. Exactly. Anyway, that's um, you know, speaking of of anti doping, that's sort of how the how the sausage gets made, if you will. That's that's how they come and check on you. There you go. Um, A very detailed and appreciated recap of the anti-doping system in Canada by co-host Maddie Kelly. Appreciate that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's annoying, but it is so necessary to keep our sport clean and make sure that our athletes are doing the right thing, you know, both in Canada and around the world. So shout out to the great people at the CCES who see many a tired, naked person in the early morning hours. 
course, we focused primarily on the two major marathons, the TCS Toronto and the TCS Amsterdam Marathon that took place over the weekend. There were several other great results um, from across Canada and across the world, including going back a week now to the Beneva Quebec City Marathon. Of course, there was the Chicago Marathon last weekend. And then most recently, the 2022 Royal Victoria Marathon took place. It was a warm day there. Um, We've got full recaps, including all of the results from the elites and all of our Canadians. So make sure that you head over to runningmagazine.ca to check out those results and those recaps and all the other fun stories from the weekend. Remember that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ShakeOut Podcast. And Maddie, what's in store for you over the next week? Actually, I'm going to, um, speaking of whereabouts, I have to update them. I'm going to Montreal this weekend with a few girlfriends, so that'll be super fun. And then running-wise, I've got a 5K on the calendar for November 5th, the Road to Hope 5K. My, my once annual 5K will be there, and we will see how it goes. Fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to check back with you with some results from that, if not before. But as always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. For this week's Rundown, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. And we'll be back with more soon.